And let us pray. Good and gracious and glorious God, what a beautiful name Jesus is, Lord God. That we are able to proclaim Jesus Christ as the Lord and our Savior is, is such an honor and a privilege. To be able to come here and to worship you, Lord God, and sing songs of praise and, and know that we are your children. What a blessing it is. Lord, as we call upon your name, as your presence is here with us this morning, may you continue to speak within us, Lord God. Give us a message that you have us to hear, Lord, but may, may you hear from us words of praise and honor and glory. Lord, as you have prepared this message for this day, Lord, allow me to be your messenger. Allow all of us to have ears to hear what you have to say this day. For you are our Lord and our strength and our Redeemer. In the precious name of Jesus we pray. Let the children of God say amen. Amen. Uh, our scripture lesson for this morning is found in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 16. Matthew 16, beginning with the 21st verse. Let us prepare our hearts and our minds and our souls for the reading of God's holy word. From that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he had, had to go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders, chief priests, and the legal experts, and that he had to be killed and raised on the third day. Then Peter took hold of Jesus and scolded him, began to correct him. God forbid, Lord, this won't happen to you. But he turned to Peter and said, get behind me, Satan. You are a stone that could make me stumble, for you are not thinking God's thoughts, but human thoughts. Then Jesus said to his disciples, all who want to come after me must say no to themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. All who want to save their lives will lose them, but all who lose their life because of me will find them. Why would people gain the whole world but lose their lives? What will people give in exchange for their lives? For the human one is about to come with the majesty of his father with his angels. And then he will repay each one for what that person has done. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Uh, last, week, uh, last week, I had a, a lot of great positive comments. Many of you come to me and, and uh, shared with me your thoughts about uh, failures and how you were able to recover from making mistakes and, and doing stupid things and you know, a lot of a lot of great words of wisdom from you and I also I'm really excited not only that you shared but parents came to me sharing that listen uh, my child actually listened to you last week the whole time which is a miracle uh, but not only did they listen but they also began to ask questions and and it took to heart about about being okay with making mistakes and and being okay with with uh, messing up sometimes and I, I just took great honor with that. So, uh, so this week, uh, God must have knew that, that you all needed to hear that message last week because I kind of began to put this, uh, God began to put the, this series into motion. Uh, and this week is really a, a continuation of last week. It's really a part two or part two uh, from last week, a uh, continuation from it uh, about failures and mistakes and and it uh, from from all of you coming and talking to me and sharing with me your words of wisdom and and how you've overcome in your own life um and your children but uh also even like yesterday uh we were 
uh, woke up and Ross and I uh, made breakfast together. We were making French toast, and, and Ross is, is really is a good helper and loves to help me in the kitchen, uh, and he loves to crack eggs. I think we all like that a little bit, but he loves to crack eggs, and, and for, he's helped me a long time, and I've always taught him that it's better to crack egg, especially at your age, uh, crack egg in an individual bowl and to make sure there's no, that makes sure it's a good egg and no, uh, no eggshells in the egg, and then put that egg in the bigger bowl and then crack an egg and then put it with the collective eggs. You know what I'm saying here. So, but every time I would ask him to do that and explain that this is the way you need to do it, he would get a little grumpy and not completely understand why. I want to put it in the big bowl. I want to use the big one. I want all the eggs to go together. I want to see, yeah, I want to. And for each time, I would have him make him do it. But the last few times, I said, okay, Ross, you do it your way. You do it your way, and that's fine. You go ahead and break the egg and drop it in with all the other eggs, and that's fine. You give it a shot. And what do you think happened yesterday? Uh, out egg number four, maybe egg number five, he broke the egg, and when he did, the egg just imploded, and eggshells went into the collective group of all the other eggs. Uh, and he looked at me. He was heartbroken. He knew that he made a mistake. He knew that he shouldn't have been doing it. And he, and he came to him. He began to realize what his daddy was saying the whole time. And he, and, and he kind of looked scared a little bit, like I was going to be upset or angry at him. I, just, I looked at him and said, Ross, uh, I'm glad that happened to you uh, because now you know daddy's right <laughs> and now you know what I've been trying to teach you all along and I said it's okay we all do it we all so we showed him how to start getting eggshells out of the eggs I know it's something silly and ridiculous but but we we when we make mistakes we all of a sudden we do this we we feel disappointed in ourselves we feel like we've disappointed the people around us and and we become heartbroken and we we live we all make mistakes I mean oftentimes we live with regret or or guilt in our lives why did I say that to them? How could I be that dumb? How could I be that hurtful? How could I do something like that? I, I, I wasn't even acting like myself. I, I, I mean, we, and we look back and we shame ourselves. Um, but it's all the way we look at it, though. Even those events in our past. Um, I, I love Winston Churchill uh, for many reasons, and uh, a reporter asked him one time, so how, what, how did you learn in life, uh, what, what happened in your life to prepare you for leading, uh, leading during World War II? And Winston Churchill said, well, I, uh, it was the time when I repeated uh, a grade in my, uh, in my grade school. Reporter, oh, you mean you flunked a class in grade school? And Winston Churchill said, I never flunked anything in my life. And he sat up straight. He said, I was given a second opportunity to get things right. <laughs> I like that. He was given another opportunity to get it right. Um, I mean, that's a way to handle defeat and the mistakes. We get a second chance. Uh, Simon Peter was a, a man of, of second chances. Now, for those of you keeping score that have actually been paying attention to my sermons, yeah, I preached this same scripture passage about two weeks ago. Um, 
But there's so much in here uh, that I wanted to kind of revisit it as well uh, this Sunday as well. For those of you that I might have missed it a couple of weeks ago, but it's a whole different uh, looking at this scripture passage. Because before verse 21, leading up to what I read about this uh, exchange between Peter and Jesus, uh, they're in in Caesarea Philippi, a significant place for many reasons, uh, and crowds are forming and starting to follow Jesus. And so Jesus turns to his disciples and, and says to them, and asks them, who do these people say that I am? If you begin looking at verse 13, you begin to hear, you begin to read this. Jesus asks, so who do these people say that I am? And, and the disciple says, oh, some say that you're, you're Elijah. Some say you're John the Baptist or, or Jeremiah or even the prophets. And then Jesus looks to them and says, but who do you say that I am? It's a very significant phrase. You need to underline it if it's not underlined in your Bible. Who do you say that I am? And it's Simon Peter. Simon Peter of all people who, who, who stands up and says, oh Lord, you're the Messiah. You're the Son of the Most High. You're the Son of God. You are the Son of God. And then Jesus looks to Simon Peter and begins just lavishes him with all these words of praise and honor. He says, Oh, Simon, Simon, you are the son of John. You are, you are now to call, be called Peter because you are the rock in which I will build my church. The words that you're speaking, this, this revelation that you have about who I am, it comes from God and not from me and not from yourself. You, you, the, the, God is speaking through you, moving through you, and you're right. It is at this very moment that, that Jesus begins with our scripture passage today in verse 21. This is, at this very moment, as he, he lavishes Peter with praise, he begins to say, and, and you know, um, I'm going to go to Jerusalem and I'm going to be persecuted. I'm going to suffer, I'm going to die. But don't just be all right, I, I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll come again. But it's at this moment that he began to share this about his, his, his trials and his suffering that he was going to go through. And, and Peter, at this moment, it, look at your Bible and read what it says. Some says uh, he, he rebukes, Peter rebukes Jesus. And in the common English Bible, I wanted to read that this morning because it says he grabs him and he scolds him. When you rebuke someone, how harsh are your statements to that individual? When you grab someone and scold them, how harsh are your statements? They're fairly harsh, are they not? This is what Peter is doing to the Son of God, to Jesus. Scolding him, rebuking him, grabbing him, looking in his face, and getting mean up in his face. And then Jesus looks to Peter says Peter he says no he, he looks to Peter and says get behind me Satan for you are the rock that can cause me to stumble you're no longer thinking of God's way and you're putting yourself before God's way and he begins to speak about about you must take up your cross and follow me see 
I love the Bible because did you catch the big picture? Do you get what's going on in this whole movement? Here Peter is lavished with praise. Simon now to be called Peter because he's the rock in which God was going to, Jesus is going to build his church. And in seven verses, he goes from being the rock to build his, to being called Satan. Do you catch that? And that quick. To, 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 being, to being praised, to being rebuked in seven verses do you get this i i i love this because i mean here peter i love the bible because it doesn't try to sanitize these stories and if you 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 listen to me or you were here on wednesday night you understand the bible doesn't sanitize these stories they're very real especially somebody like peter that we look to a saint of the church you know, one minute he was, he was being praised. Uh, he was telling that you are the Son of God. You are the Most High. You are the Messiah. To the next minute, he is rebuking him and scolding him and looking and him getting all up in his face. Peter goes from grabbing his sword and, and defending him, uh, defending Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane to hiding out and denying that he knows him, even curses him. Peter goes from hiding out in, in, in a locked room to experiencing the risen Christ and being going forth and being courageous and preaching God's message of redemption in front of thousands of people. See, that's Simon Peter. But even more importantly, the truth is that that's us. That's you and that's me. And we have our ups and we have our downs. We have our defending God and we have our denying God. We have our, our convictions and we have our disappointments. And we are these fickle disciples. I'm sure that when, when Peter looked back at this moment in his life, he regretted it. Don't you think when Peter looked back when he was preaching to thousands of people that he felt horrible about rebuking and getting in Jesus' face? Because maybe he, he realized now that, you know, God had a plan back then that I didn't understand and I wasn't willing to listen and obey and just trust God's plan. I mean, maybe I'm speaking for myself, but uh, I, I, I can identify with these disciples. I can identify with Peter. Because we all make mistakes. We all do these things. We kick ourselves. And some things are, 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 are intentional. Some things we, we make mistakes that are just downright. We look back and we have to laugh because it, 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 it identifies our humanness and who we are as being real. Um, back in 1995, God called me into ministry. March of 1995, God it was a clear calling in my life that no doubt. So I went back to my home church in Lufkin, First United Methodist Church. Spoke with my pastor, uh, Dr. Keith Whitaker. Uh, he was excited and, and went through the church, approved me for my... And then that Easter, that first Easter of 1995 was my first time to ever uh, speak publicly in front of people in the church. Uh, Keith a asked that I read the scripture passage on Easter Sunday. What an honor. 
all of my friends and family my people that i've known all my life were there the church was packed it was easter sunday for goodness sake there were the church was packed and and, and keith had given me the scripture passage uh I, at that time, uh, was uh, ignorant of all the different versions of the Bible. <laughs> I, uh, he gave me uh, the scripture passage, so I got my Bible, which is the New International Version, and I read it, and I, I really memorized it. I, and, and this was, uh, Margie, not yet. Uh, this, is, uh, this is a scripture passage that I, I memorized. It says, so, when the, so the women hurried away from the tomb afraid yet filled with joy and ran to tell his disciples suddenly jesus met them greetings he said they came to him clasped his feet and worshiped him then jesus said to them do not be afraid go tell my brothers to go to galilee they there they will see me this is the passage i memorized i was ready i showed up there on easter sunday morning uh, uh, one mistake Another mistake I made was that uh, I assumed that churches all have a Bible to be read in public. Uh, we don't all have just a common, we do have a Bible, but uh, we never read this particular Bible. Uh, I didn't know that. Uh, this was the first time. So I showed up there, and, and Keith said, oh, no, no, we don't. Uh, here, use my Bible. And he handed me his personal Bible great so i just looked it up marked the spot and didn't read it got up there in front of thousands of thousands of people i don't know maybe five six hundred people all friends and family and people knew me got up there to read the scripture passage passage i knew by heart and i began to read it and and go ahead and put up the scripture passage there uh and it's a it's different enough that when i began to read it i realized wait a second this isn't what I memorized. This isn't what I read earlier. And then it got to a, a certain phrase, what Jesus said, greetings. It said something else. And when, it's, when Jesus said this, I, I paused. And I learned the importance of pausing at the wrong time. Okay? He, so the women hurried. Uh, go to the next. Uh, it's, it's the other one. And they departed quickly from the tomb. It's the American Standard Version. And they departed quickly from the tomb. And this is the way... I read it, and you can infer what you want to here. Uh, perhaps I need to apologize, but then that's your, uh, not me. Uh, I'm just reading what the Bible says. And the way I read it on Easter morning in front of uh, my friends and family for the first time. This is the way I started my ministry, all right? And they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to bring his disciples' word. And behold, Jesus met them and said, All hell! And they came and took hold of his feet and worshipped him. You know that pause there? That's not a good place for a pause. Because you can, you can think differently of what Jesus might have meant. That's the way I began my ministry. And each time I think of that, I think, Lord, I am human. Uh, <laughs> you know I, what I learned from that opportunity? I, I read my scripture before I come up here. I know what version I'm going to use. And I know when to pause and when not to pause. Because that makes a big difference uh, for that. Um, <laughs> uh, now back to the scripture passage. Simon Peter, uh, here Simon Peter scolded, rebuked Jesus See, the truth about Simon Peter is that he, he cared for, for Jesus, he, and he didn't want him to be 
to be hurt. He didn't want him to be uh, crucified. I know he was disrespectful and, 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 and sold at him, but he was acting out of this, this, this love for him. And when he rebuked him, and he says, Never, Lord, no, this, this can't happen. And when he scolded him. But I think really the beauty of this is that he was speaking from his heart and that he, was, he said what everybody else, all the other disciples were thinking. All the other disciples perhaps were thinking the same thing uh, in the human mind. That no, no, this can't happen. This, you're the Messiah. You're the Son of God. I've seen you do amazing things. This can't happen. But see, the honest thing about it, uh, it, it bothered him that he didn't understand God's plans versus what his plans were. And the truth be known, it, that happens for all of us. There's a lot of things that bothers us about our faith. There's a lot of things we don't understand why this is happening. We don't understand what God means about this. And, and there's a lot of things that bothers us about our faith if we are honest. That's, if that's not so, then we should be out um, on the street with great zeal and energy sharing the, the message of God to everyone we meet. I mean, why are we so wishy-washy for Christ? Why, why, why are we so, uh, so much like the disciples at this point? Uh, there's a great story uh, by Sohan Kierke, uh, Kierkegaard um, tell, tells a parable about this community where the citizens just absolutely love and admire their fire chief and their crew. Um, one day the alarm went off in the firehouse and the chief and, and his crew hurried up and got in their wagons and they raced toward the burning building. As they were on the, the way to the burning building, uh, they, there was, uh, they were stopped uh, in the middle of the road by hundreds of the townspeople had gathered there and standing and blocking the road and they all gathered there holding little squirt guns, little water guns. Hundreds of citizens were there standing in the street. Occasionally the people would, would turn to the, to the raging, roaring fire and use their squirt gun to squirt water on it, but, but mostly they would turn and, and, and look to the fire chief and the crew, and he said, what are you doing? Why do you have water pistols? What, what are you trying to accomplish? The citizens replied, we've all gathered here to support your efforts. We all believe in the good work you do in this community, and each one of us has come to humble ourselves and, and to show our love and admiration to you. The people in the crowd then once again smiled at each other. They felt good, and they looked at the raging fire, and they squirted a little bit of water on their fire. In disbelief, the fire chief looked at them and said, Get out of here. Fires like this are not for well-meaning people who want to make limited contributions. Such situations demand firemen who are ready to risk their lives in putting out the flames. See, rather than fire hoses, we often are standing around with our squirt guns. Why? Because we are like Simon Peter before he was confronted by the risen Christ. I mean, sometimes we're up and, and sometimes we're down. Sometimes we're convicted and sometimes we're confused. Sometimes we're in Christ's army and we're on fire. And other times we're, we're doused out and we're missing in action. For the grace of God. 
After Christ confronts Peter about his comments, Christ spells out what uh, is facing those who would give their lives to him completely. He began to say, listen, he said, those who want to follow me must pick up their cross and follow me. Must say no to themselves, may say no to their lives and, and trust me and follow me completely. And folks, this is heavy stuff. It really is. It means that we must learn from our mistakes. We must learn that, that God's ways is often different than our ways. That we need to stop asking for God to be a part of our plan to begin to ask for it to be a part of God's plans. You know, the reality is, is that the stuff in the Bible that I don't understand really doesn't bother me too much. It doesn't bother me that I don't know a lot in the Bible. What really bothers me is the stuff that I do understand. Because it's convicting, it's, it's, it's powerful, and it's heavy. See, in August of uh, 2003, the Church of the Holy Cross in New York City got vandalized twice. The first time, the vandals took uh, the money box. Three weeks later, they went in, and they took down, they have this beautiful crucifix. Uh, the crucifix is the cross, and Christ hanging on the cross, suffering and dying, his death on the cross is the crucifix. A beautiful 200-pound, there's a plaster of Jesus hanging on it, beautiful the vandals went and took down the cross and actually separated Christ from the cross and took the plastered Christ but left the cross there in the church. When uh, the caretaker was asked, David St. James, you know, why would somebody, why would vandals take Christ and not the cross? The caretaker said, well, they decided they were just going to leave the cross and take Jesus. We don't know why they just took him. We figured if you want the crucifix, then take the whole crucifix. Think about that for just a moment. Why would they take Jesus and leave the cross? The reality is, is that we really don't why. I mean, we like Jesus. We like praying to Jesus. We like knowing that Jesus is our friend. We like that we can go to Jesus and ask for forgiveness. We like going to Jesus and, and, and Jesus being close to us and our friend. It's the cross that makes us uncomfortable. See, the, the cross represents self-denial and sacrifice and service. Jesus represents forgiveness and, and love. And we want Jesus, but we're just uncertain about taking up his cross. Uh, see, Peter messed up in a hurry when he first uh, was confronted with the message of the cross. When, when he first heard that Jesus was heading toward Jerusalem, he must suffer and die. And, and, and Peter messed up. And, and, and in reality, when we first hear this, we mess up too. We, we get uncomfortable. We don't understand why. Why does it have to be this way? But here's the beauty. Peter encountered the risen Christ, and from that encounter with the risen Christ, his life was transformed, and he, he changed the world. See, that can also happen to us when we encounter the risen Christ. Our lives can be transformed. We can love as he loves. We can live out the great commandment, the great commission. Oh, we're going to mess up from time to time. We're going to really... We're going to really foul things up from time to time. But you know what? 
just as Peter did. And God can forgive us and love us and empower us. By God's grace, we can pick ourselves up, we can dust ourselves up, and we can, and then we have a choice to pick up our cross and begin carrying it once again. See, that's who we are as children of the risen Christ. That's what we do. We choose Christ and we choose the cross. We, we choose the love and we choose the self-denial. All for the glory of God. May we seek to be a part of God's wonderful plan in this world and seek to put a smile upon his face. Let us pray. Good and gracious God, we wish to give you glory and honor and praise in all that we do. Lord God, we do screw things up in this world. We, boy, we put pauses in the wrong place. We crack eggs. We, we say things to people. We do things often for choosing our own desires over our loved ones. We say things to our spouse that uh, we wish that we could take back. We choose uh, our own selfish desires rather than looking to the eyes of our children and to love them and train them. We, we choose... Uh, the extra time of sleep rather than waking up a little earlier to spend some time with you. But Lord God, we, just like Peter, are full of potential that you see within us. Help us to begin to see that within ourselves. That as we begin to love you and trust in you and begin to to make the decisions to follow you more and more in our life, Lord God, we may begin to see how beautiful the world is around us. Loving, caring, holy God, help us this day to glorify you in all that we do. In the blessed name of Jesus, we pray. Let the children of God say amen.